This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Dive Bomb Squadcast. This is your host, Asher Tolliver. With the exception of some late dark goose stuff, most of you have wrapped up your general waterfowl seasons and are either chasing those white devils or have dusted off the crappie rods. The man joining me today is likely doing both, Mr. Colin Clary, owner of Smack'em Outdoors. Colin, what's up, man? Good morning, Asher. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. 2021's off to a strong start, so I uh, I can't complain. Now, before we get into this thing, I want to introduce Smack'em Outdoors to our listeners so they can get a feel for uh, what you guys are all about if they haven't heard of you before. Now. The surface answer is that you guys are an outdoor YouTube channel with nearly 20,000 subscribers. There's three of you yes. guys that run it, uh, Dustin Wolf, Carter Collins, and yourself. You guys have, have made some big strides in the last year. It's been fun to see you grow. Colin, can you tell us a little bit about your personal hunting background and when that fire was lit? Yeah, so I come from... With dad, he he was a city slick. He didn't grow up in the hunting. And my mom, she grew up on a farm. And none of my family members, they didn't they did not hunt. And my mom's like cousins, they hunted pretty often. And uh, my mom asked me if I wanted to go uh, duck hunting. This was back in, I think, sixth grade with my cousin who lived in South Dakota. And I had got my hunter's permit. I did some deer hunting and all that stuff with my uncle, but waterfowl was never really on my picture. So I went over to South Dakota, and it was me and my cousin, and we set up on this this pond. I want to say it was uh, like mid-October. And uh, we went up to this pond. We went through uh, these cattails. I just remember it being a, a grind, man. And I, I loved that. So we set up. I, I don't know how many decoys he was running, but it was, it was nothing like we run now. And uh, I just remember seeing all these mallards coming in. There was probably 50 to 100, and I was just in shock. And I remember shooting my first mallard. It was this nice three-kill green head. I got it mounted. And at that point, when I shot that, that mallard, I knew that waterfowl hunting was definitely going to be something that is going to be in my future. So Okay. And – What's your hometown that you grew up in? I grew up in Lakeville, Minnesota. It's south of the cities, and it's just, like, right on the edge of the cities and between, like, cornfields and cities, like, that last city before it goes into straight nothing. Okay. Now your partners, Dustin and Carter, how did you guys meet? Yeah, so there's actually another one. His name's Tanner. He's he's in Minnesota. He's been busy doing a lot of work but i met them i met tanner a long time ago we actually used to hate each other back in the day we grew up in the <laughs> same neighborhood and i remember we just i don't know why we just hated each other i remember my brother fought his brother at the ice rink and uh i was fishing one hockey day. bro <laughs> yeah and uh i moved out of that neighborhood and at the time he moved out too and i remember i was fishing this pond this would have been, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade. And I remember riding my bike back home, and here's Tanner standing on his driveway, and he calls me over, and I was like, uh-oh. So I was getting ready to throw some hands, you know, 
And uh, he asked me if there's any fish in that pond. I said, oh, yeah, there's some big bass and some pike. And I guess uh, we started becoming friends again. We went fishing a lot. And uh, that's how I got pretty much good friends with Tanner. He's one of my closest buddies. And then Tanner actually introduced me to Dustin. It's kind of funny. Um, so Dustin, he's my roommate now. He lives with me here in Fargo. Okay. And Tanner was at a wedding. I'm not sure when this was. Probably 2016, 15. And uh, Tanner and Dustin, they got sat at the same table. And they both hunt waterfowl. And they both got to talking. And before you know it, this Dustin's kid, this Dustin kid is pulling up at my house in this scuffed up BMW with like plastic dip all over his, his car. And I remember him. He had this, this big grin on his face. And he opens a trunk and he pulls a goose out that he had shot before coming over. And at that time we, we knew that uh, we were going to be good friends. So that's how I met Dustin and Carter. I'm it's, it's funny as well. It's, it's just this whole, how I met them all. is just really funny. Um, I met him at toppers. It was a pizza joint that I worked at. Okay. And I was working at toppers and I was working at a dairy farm milking cows. And I was the only one that had permission to hunt that land that, at the farm. And so I thought until Carter he calls me over, he said, Hey, do you want to go hunting at this place I got? And I'm like, sure. And he brings me there and it's, it's the farm I work at. I was like, how'd you get permission here? He's like, Oh, I'll just ask the farmer. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so the next day we're out there hunting and shoot, we shot a goose back then. So, I mean, shooting two to three geese, this was back when we were all like really new to hunting, sure. like three or four some geese was a really cool deal for us. So yeah, absolutely, but, that's awesome. So it's all this wasn't like all kids all that random, you've known man. your whole life, but just kind of a bunch yeah. of random uh, incidents. Now, what ultimately brought you to Fargo? Um, that's another funny story. <laughs> so You're full of funny stories. I, I guess I am. <laughs> It's. I was set on going to college at Iowa State. Okay. Me and my buddy TJ, and uh, I was going to go for agriculture business. And me and him, we were all set up. We got our dorms and everything. He's like, "Hey, I don't think I want to go to Iowa State." I was like, "What?" So we went to talking, and he brought up NDSU, which is here in Fargo. I said, "Sure, there's a lot of geese and ducks up there, so I'm not really too mad about it." I talked to my parents and. They kind of despised it because they already had put all the funds in for Iowa State. And I was in Iowa State. And uh, before you know it, I'm moving up here to Fargo. And uh, I didn't have my car up here the first year in the dorms, which kind of was a big bummer for me because I couldn't really do any hunting. But just being up here, you know, I'd look out the dorm window all the time. I'd just see geese flying around. So I was like, wow, I'm going to love it up here. So that's how I got to Fargo. Wow. You know, if, if you're listening to this, people make sure you choose a college in a place yeah. that has target rich waterfowl opportunities if you're not choosing your college based on that you're you're doing it completely wrong now that we know um a little bit more about you can you talk about the history of smack em outdoors like when you guys started this thing and why did you start this yeah. thing so i started smack em, i want to say Back in 2016, basically, you know, just one of those typical waterfowl outdoor Instagram pages mm-hmm. that you would see these days. And it started with me and Tanner, the kid that I used to hate, right? Right. And uh, we didn't think anything of it, you know, just posting pictures of our waterfowl hunts, turkey hunts, anything that we did hunting-wise. 
So just a showcase and collection. And uh, eventually it became more of a, a group deal. That's when Tanner introduced me to Dustin. And then we had a big group of us that all had the same passion, you know, hunting. And, uh, and then I decided to make apparel and we promoted it throughout the city. And I guess all the high schools at the time loved it. So we got a good rep there. And then uh, we did you. We posted YouTube videos back in the high school days, but we it was kind of we just we were just messing around doing fish and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once we moved up here to North Dakota, it's kind of when we got more serious into it. So, do you have any long term goals for Smack 'Em Outdoors, or is it just kind of see what happens? Long term, I mean this this is going to go a lot of different different ways between me, Carter, and Tanner and Dustin, but long term. I want to say for myself, I see smack them. I mean, YouTube is obviously up there, but I want to branch out like you guys. And I wouldn't say decoys, but you know, something that the hunting industry hasn't really seen yet. Sure. And that's what we're still kind of thinking of, but I'd like to see us doing some guiding. Uh, That's something we've been talking about numerous, numerous times, but we've been holding it back for a couple of years now. So, Right. I mean, speaking of a, a YouTube guy that got into guiding, uh, being a fellow YouTuber, obviously you guys know Bobby Guy. Do you mm-hmm. do you know him personally or, you know, ever got any tips yeah, or anything from him? we went down there, um, when was that? December, we went down there to stay at his place. We were going to Texas to shoot cranes with long neck and we needed a pit stop in between the lakes. We were driving down there. And uh, Bobby said we could stay at his lodge. So we stayed at his lodge. And he's a really good guy, man. I mean, he he definitely got the grit and the grind. He's all about it. Definitely. And uh, big respect to Bobby Guy. He He's a good guy. So He is. He's a great guy. They've had one heck of a first season there at oh, uh, Sand Hill Flyway. You guys had a heck of a waterfowl season. I mean, that's what really put you guys on the map with us is you guys were just steady killing and you know you just couldn't help but see the consistency um you know we're thrilled that you mm-hmm. guys were able to have a ton of success especially over um dive bomb products uh what right what what would you say was y'all's you know it's hard to say your go-to spread because there's so many variables in waterfowl and what you're hunting and what mm-hmm. you're doing but i would just say like your average go-to decoy spread this season what what would you say that consisted of um, I mean, I guess it depends on obviously sure, dog, the time of year, but if sure, we're talking yeah. about for geese, like peak migration, read run, I'd say on average 50 to 60 dozen of okay. uh, the V2s and the black and whites. So y'all are running pretty big consistently. Yeah. I think yeah. our biggest spread we ran this year was close to a hundred dozen. Okay. So. I got you. Sorry, I didn't want to get off track too much from the YouTube, but you started, no, you know, we kind of started talking about it. What? Was the idea to start as a waterfowl YouTube channel or has it kind of always been an all around outdoor type of channel? Right. I want to say it's been an, an all around outdoor channel, but I would say our main like audience is definitely waterfowl hunting uh, with the YouTube. We're trying to, we're trying to branch out to ice fishing and fishing, but if, if you're looking at hunting on YouTube, there there wasn't that much people that did it back in the day, which was why it was such a, a good opportunity for us to jump into it. But now, I mean, you're looking at all these YouTube pages, they're popping up out of nowhere. 
and uh, it's just getting really hard to to grow these pages and i'm really thankful that we got that support out very early and we are where we are right now so right what is what's your passion calling i mean is it, is it waterfowling ice fishing turkey hunting deer hunting I and mean, what what are your favorite videos to make when you oh, sit down uh, behind the computer to edit them what what fires you up definitely goose hunting man they're to me they're i hate i hate filming duck hunting probably just because they're just too fast like those teal trying to film teal is like oh my god i can't do that but these the geese when they come in they come in so slow and uh i guess it's just i don't know more relaxing to to film and not stressful definitely you know and just looking at the youtube channel right now i see you guys have been doing a good bit of fishing i see dust in there with some nice walleye through the ice um Mm -hmm. you guys cannot just do what you love and that be it because you have a following to build and an audience that wants to see more from smack outdoors does that get stressful or tiring doing videos planning videos planning trips that you don't really want to do but you have the demand from an audience now that you guys have gotten bigger i mean definitely not that 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 the demand that the audience gives us is probably what's driving us to to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been getting blessed. I'm not sure if you heard of Mindac Outdoors, but yeah, yeah, they've been helping us a ton this year just by you know collabing on YouTube and uh, just helping us out and branching us out to ice fishing and other things that we weren't really expecting to do this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough question. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's one thing that I think about. It's like, I I know what I love to do and I know what fires me up, but then you get to certain yeah. times a year and you've got videos that people want to see, whether it's, you know, magnet fishing or homesteading type of stuff. Like I know a lot of people like that stuff. Me personally, it's just not something that I would really watch or get into, but it doesn't really matter what I like or what I want. It's what the the people that are helping us grow want, you know? So that's what I think about. It's like waterfowl. You can come in hot and heavy from, you know, start pumping them up in July and it starts, you know, winding down, you know, February, March, I guess, depending on how long you chase spring snows, but then you've got a little wall there, but you've still got Mm -hmm. an audience that you have to keep captivated until, the time comes back around that you get back into your bread and butter, which is, you know, waterfowl hunting. So that's something that I always think about. That's, that's the hard part that we're still stumbled on. Like in the summer, I mean, we want to do fishing videos, but the fishing competition on YouTube, there's just, like I said, so many people that do it and it's hard to grow a new audience of a different uh, type of outdoor. Yeah. That's one thing about the fishing. It's, it's so big and it's such a huge market compared to waterfowling. But the problem is there's so many people that are already so well established and they're so dang good at it. It's hard to get a piece of that pie. Um, Right. You know, whereas waterfowling, there's still a lot of different um, styles left to be desired stuff that you can show people that, other people aren't necessarily doing. I mean, Bobby does one heck of a job. There's other people out there that do a nice job, but you know, they can't cover everything, but fishing, I mean, you can literally find whatever you Mm -hmm. want by any, you know, YouTuber or vlogger at at any given time. So exactly. um, that's, what's, you know, kind of cool about waterfowling is you can probably still come up with cool and original ideas that 
somebody hasn't already, you know, run into the ground. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess the million dollar question for everybody that thinks of YouTubers is how do they make money? And um, Mm -hmm. obviously I don't know that much about YouTube and money and how it works. I assume that it comes from um, your videos that you make and then they start to monetize them. And then if you get, um, what's the, I know subscriber number probably isn't necessarily a direct correlation to money. It probably comes down to your videos and how they're able to monetize your videos. But what's, what's the magic number where you can actually start? And I'm not talking about make a living doing YouTube, but just a little, um, you know, a little income from YouTube. What's, what's the magic number there? Or is there even a magic number? Um, there's definitely a magic number. Um, I mean, it, it depends definitely on the month of the year on how much money you make on YouTube. Like, Right now in January, it's this is the worst month on YouTube to make money because these companies have not set their budget spending money yet, uh, the budget budget spending amount yet. Okay. So, if if you wanted to make a, li- a well, I wouldn't say a living like you said off YouTube in January through January through May is not good, but as it gets later into the year, the CPM, which is clicks per minute. Okay. And. Uh, that's going to get higher and higher and higher, which is basically how much money you're getting paid per thousand views. Okay. And that's going to grow throughout the year. And if I'm to put a magic number down on, hmm, it's hard to say because hunting, hunting does not make that much money on YouTube. Uh, if, if smack them were to post, like if you look at like a nail, like a nail YouTube channel, like about painting nails or something like mm-hmm. that. They're going to make more money just for the sole fact that they're not posting videos of stuff dying, blood, sure. guns. YouTube has been, I, I wouldn't say, very liberal on uh, us these past couple of years. But ten th- if you're making 10,000 views a video, that'll be enough money to have a little extra spending okay. money for you. So. All right. Well, that, that answers my question. I think... You know, obviously people know that they're not going to get rich or support their whole family or whatever by getting 10,000 views per video. But it, you know, Uh gives people a general idea like, okay, maybe I can start to get a little bit of income. But I think what a lot of people probably don't realize is how much work goes into this stuff and not just the trips and planning them and where to go, but the post-production. I mean, the amount of time it takes to come back, dump these files, get them edited is so time consuming. And you've, the thing about YouTube from what I can tell is the people that do the best are the ones that are very, very consistent and they're posting regularly. I mean, I do this podcast and the podcast has done great. It's done better than I ever thought it would, but I only have time to do them once every two weeks. But if I had time to pump out three, four a week, it would probably be much larger than what it actually is now. But the reality is with everything else going on dive bomb, I just can't do it. And and we're talking about just setting down, having a conversation. There's no pre-scripts. There's no nothing. It's just taking the time to sit down, have a conversation 
and dump it in there and, and put it on, um, you know, the RSS feed. So it goes into iTunes and Spotify, but a YouTube video, I mean, you're talking about hard cuts in and out editing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure once you get the flow of it, you, you know how to make it much easier on yourself for post-production, but still, I mean, it still has to be put together. You got intros, you got a body, you got an exit and that's a lot of work, man. Yep, it is. And, I got a new camera this year and I didn't realize that I was filming in 4k for the first video I filmed it in. And that oh video gosh. probably took over 10 hours to edit just oh cause I had gosh. to render every single thing. Oh, huge file sizes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was not fun. Oh my gosh, dude. But it's a lot of dedication. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, just the thought that Bobby is running a full-time outfitter, you know, they're cooking, they're mm-hmm. uh, doing lodging. He's making videos. It's like, dude, hats off to you, man. Like, and he's still got a family that he's got to be a father to um, and a husband to. It's like, that's a lot of work. And, and man, just the dedication that goes into it. So you guys, you should be very proud of yourselves, even to get to 20,000 at this point. And your growth in the, this waterfowl season alone has been very impressive. It was, it was phenomenal. I think we grossed over 13,000 subscribers from our first video we posted in August to the very, until now. So that's awesome. What, four or five months span. I mean, YouTube is, it's hard to do, man. It really is. It, it is, is hard to do. It takes dedication and um, you guys keep it up, man. Y'all are on the right track. Now, I'm ready to talk about something we got to experience with you guys. That was really fun. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. October 22nd, 2020 was the day. But first, we need to backtrack a few days. So, Cade, my dad, and I, we were going to be taking a little road trip out west uh, the weekend of October 24th. And I had been keeping up with with calling and the guys and the success that they had been having all season. And we talked about possibly uh, changing our route to stop by and hunt with them for a day or two that weekend or possibly uh, early that next week. Now, my wife, she's got a um, a self-service pet wash that I was cleaning on that Tuesday afternoon. I believe it was the 20th. And Colin texted me and he was like, hey, can you be here Thursday morning. We had a banger duck shoot this morning. We're going to shoot it again on Thursday and they're calling for some serious weather. And I was thinking, well, it's Tuesday afternoon. This place is 15 hours away, but a banger duck shoot. Sure. Why not? So (laughs) I called Cade and Greg and said, Hey, drop what you're doing. We're headed to North Dakota tomorrow. We've got to be there by shooting light on Thursday morning. So we left out on Wednesday, got to the hotel there. I don't know, around two 30 in the morning, mm-hmm. we were hauling a bunch of stuff with us, a boat with us. So we actually, we didn't want to leave it in the parking lot with all that stuff in it and come back and it be gone. So we had to unload that whole thing. This hotel room is like packed to the ceiling with decoys and uh, Carter Dustin one texts me and they're like, Hey, you might want to leave early, like around, I don't know, four, 
the roads are going to be pretty bad. So we left the hotel and there really wasn't any snow, maybe spitting a little bit. Um, and as we kept driving, it started getting crazy. And by the time yeah. we arrived to the field, it was intense. I mean, howling wind, spitting snow. And what ensued over the next several hours was pure waterfowl chaos. I'm going to let you take it from here. Yep. So it was pretty much, it was pretty much a blizzard. And uh, this field that we had been watching, our buddy Hunter, he's been watching it. And there was, there was probably, I can't remember the, the full numbers on it, but we say thousands of ducks and tens of thousands of geese going into this field. It was a cornfield. And uh, it was two days before that. The, the day I texted Asher saying that we shot a, we shot a six man of mallards, and I think it was like fifteen minutes. And uh, this feed kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And that, it's just timing, man. You guys came at like the most perfect time you could have asked for. And uh, we set up. It was blizzarding. I mean, I was wet. Everyone was wet and cold, but these birds. They uh, did it like I've never seen it before, man. We had all those speckle bellies. They're oh dancing. Gosh, from, I couldn't even see them. It was so like, it's hard to, it's just, that was, it was crazy seeing those birds coming in. And uh, I think we shot 134 birds total. And it was a total mixed bag. We shot snow geese, specks, mallards, pintails. Pretty sure we shot some widgets in there. Widgeons. Uh, two bands, a cackler band and a mallard band. And uh, it's definitely my most memorable hunt I've ever been on before. So, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I, and I've told people I've been on, you know, unbelievable mallard hunts or I've been on unbelievable lesser hunts, unbelievable spec right. hunts, unbelievable snow hunts. I've, I've been on, just out of this world hunts for each of these different species, but a hunt where we shot, what did we have? 12 guys that morning. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you go on a hunt where we shoot a 12 man with all of our ducks, mm -hmm. damn near all of our specs, lessers, snows, blues, it was absolutely unbelievable. As far as a a total mix, just waterfowl hunt, I don't say this lightly. It was the best waterfowl, all-around waterfowl hunt that I think I've ever been on. And we, I mean, we hunt a lot, man. You're, you're talking 150 days a year. Now, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I could find that duck hunt, that 10-man that we shot in 40 minutes and, you know, Saskatchewan or in, in the timber before, you know, the sun even got to penetrating through the trees. Good. I mean, or that snow hunt a couple of years ago, Arkansas, the year of the juvie, you know, we shot, mm -hmm. I don't know, 280 or a spec hunt, you know, Northeast Arkansas, you know, 20 guns. Yeah. But just a full on waterfowl massacre it was mixed madness, bag. Man. It was unbelievable. These ducks wanted in there so bad when we pulled up to that field in the wind i mean it, the conditions for this setup could not have been any better the wind was blowing absolutely howling probably 20 to 25 
away from the roost, but it was blowing all the sound of all the birds that were on this roost so anxious to get into Mm -hmm. this field. It was blowing all their sound to us, and we could hear it while we're setting up and we're getting ready, and we're just like, man, this is going to be crazy. Like, this is going to be crazy. And, man, soon as – and you know with that much snow on the ground, it's crazy even being a blizzard. It just kind of illuminates everything. And, man, as soon as it was go time, it was nonstop. I cannot tell you how many times I got stuck outside of the blind with Simba because (laughs) there was just no time. And like you said, it was cold. It was wet. Everything was soaking wet. But nobody even had time to think about – the cold or being wet because it was like, you better get your gun loaded. Cause in about 30 seconds it's happening again. And who knows what it's going to be. Is it going to be a right. hundred mallards? Is it going to be 25 specks? Is it going to be 200 snows twisting and turning where you can hear them? And then all of a sudden you see them just, you know, maple leafing can- and sliding around him. Mean, it was just unbelievable. It's like, here comes the lessers. Oh wait, there's 10 honkers coming on the deck. It was like, this is crazy. <laughs> the visibility was literally like 50 yards oh my gosh it was it was just so cool man that was so cool i'm so glad you guys got that on video and as cool as that video was like it still does not do justice to that hunt they never do um but but it really didn't i mean it didn't this hunt my dad and Kay, they were there with me and it was so funny because uh our buddy tyler we were picking him up the next day um (laughs) and he missed that one and he was just like Cause I had tried to get him. I was like, Hey dude, I'll pick you up at the airport at Fargo. You know, that, that night you might be at the airport for a while, but I'll come get you. And he couldn't do it. And he's just like, bro, like seriously, <laughs> like I missed that. Um, it was just, pretty- it was just unbelievable. It really was. It really did, was. Uh, did Tyler ever get his glasses back <laughs> from Dustin? I don't know. Yeah. Dustin's probably wearing them right now. I have no idea. <laughs> I have That's no funny. clue. I'll have to ask him. But, uh, yeah, I just remember the night before, like we're getting into town and y'all are like, Hey, do y'all have any snow covers? And, um, so we went by shields. I had called them in, got three snow covers. I mean, it was like chaos. It was the quickest turnaround like right. ever, but we had no thought about any of that. All it was, was just like, get your gun loaded and get ready because here they come. And I mean, even when we're picking up and like, putting the pile together. I mean, they're still just trying to like dump on our heads, but it dump, got to yeah. the point. It was like, man, we've like, if you're not satisfied at this, you're not going to be satisfied. Like this was awesome. <laughs> Let's we're done. Let them have it. It's 10 o'clock, 10 30, whatever it was. You know, if we wanted to sit around and tried to shoot a bunch of specs, shoot a bunch of lessers. I mean, we very well could have shot a, a triple, oh, yeah. triple out of that field. I mean, if you really wanted to do that, you could have done it, but at, at what point are you just getting greedy and saying, man, that was an incredible morning. That was right. just a beautiful thing that happened. They can have it the rest of the day. They're desperate. They want to get in here. Let them get in here. But boy, I'm not sure. Fun. I've told this to uh, Dustin and all of them. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to experience anything like that again. Honestly, We might not. We might not. Not. I mean, you know, yeah, could have been a, an all duck hunt that you do again in the snow. You know, right. maybe, I mean, we had another spec hunt in Kansas that was a snow spec hunt. Um, and it was incredible, but it wasn't, it wasn't ducks and honkers and lessers and snows and specs. It just, 
you know, in between ducks, it was mallards, pintails. Like you said, it was like, who you just didn't know what it was going to be. And I think that's what made it so special was um, just the insane variety. We had um, 12 layout blinds. And with that wind that was so intense, we put our blinds in the upper third of the spread. Um, Mm -hmm. So they would come off that roost. They would, you know, come out off to our corners, get out front or quartering front, and then just start gliding in. And man, they were just like right on top of us. I mean, it it was, I've said it a thousand times, but it was unbelievable. I don't even, what did we set for a spread that day? It was a pretty, um, pretty, pretty dang big spread, quite a mix. Um, Do you have any idea what it, I mean, I could guess at what it was, but you might be able to Um, do it better than I I can. I'd say it was probably, I want to say 40 dozen B2s. We had some socks in there for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, all those um, duck duck decoys, those dive bomb pintails and mallards. Yeah, we had some pintail mallard socks, and we had some pintail yeah. mallard silhouettes. And then I think we had, like you said, probably about 40 dozen uh, Canada silhouettes. I think we had, there may have been five or so dozen spec silhouettes. There was definitely some Canada socks. Can't remember um yeah there was i do remember there socks. being socks right in front of my camera that was really really pissing <laughs> me off because i was just trying i couldn't get these these angles that would have been so disgusting on my camera but i I kept trying to fix the socks but i had no time to adjust anything because there's always birds coming in well so you guys did great man there. that was that was absolutely awesome pretty cool uh first day to meet you all now that day you were on the camera, is that is that something that you guys alternate doing or are you are you kind of the all time QB on the camera? Yep. Um I'm kind of just the one that's running the camera. Um I guess I'm not really sure how I got into filming. Uh I got a I guess I could say, you could say I started with taking pictures of waterfowl back in high school. On the it wasn't a good camera or anything special. And uh I guess I just got kind of hooked on seeing like through the lens, seeing these birds work and watching their movements. It's pretty addicting. And uh, I upgraded my camera this year to a better camera, which I, I absolutely love it. It's a lot more smoother. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop the camera for a gun to change the world, man. It is so satisfying whenever you get just this, this killer clip you know where the bird stays in focus and you can stay on him the whole way and his movements mm-hmm. and what he's doing or just that perfect picture um you know where those wing tips are just frozen the whole thing's in focus it's pretty dang satisfying um i would say for pretty much all waterfowl i have no problem holding the camera big big group of ducks i really really like shooting into but i'm kind of almost getting now even where i'd like to um get that on video where i can you know go back and kind of relive it you know go back and Mm -hmm. and see it again um i'm i'm kind of even starting to get to that point even with ducks where i just i just love the media side of it um it, it like you said it is very satisfying when when you just absolutely nail that shot. Exactly. And I know Cade was there and it was funny meeting Cade for the first time hearing you guys' Arkansas accents. 
<laughs> he did a killer job that morning on that hunt with his camera. He got some pretty man cool pictures in the snow. We have some awesome, awesome pictures from that hunt. I mean, there's just something about snow and dogs. I mean, not just snow, but like hard snow where the ground is covered. Dogs, mm-hmm. mixed bag, big spread, lots of smiles. I mean exactly it was just a an awesome day if you haven't seen the video uh you need to do yourself a favor go watch it it's it's got almost one hundred thirty thousand views or something on your channel is that y'all's most viewed video uh we have a video from 2019 we shot like 55 geese uh molts i think that one's at like 200 something thousand that's uh the most viewed video so okay they love the, that malt I... stuff, man. Those Minnesota and upper uh, Mississippi Flyway guys, man, those malts, they really get into that. That's definitely my favorite uh, time of year to hunt. Those birds, man, they <laughs> they come in they come in heavy and these birds, dude, they're they're stupid. <laughs> and wa- watching them work in your decoys, it's like, wow. I wish they would do this in December. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So What's next from uh, Smack 'em Outdoors? What uh, what can we expect to see this spring and summer and uh, into the future? This well, we're planning on doing some spring snow goose hunting, and then uh, after that, the summer. Like I said, we're kind of stumbled. Probably do some turkey hunting videos, and then bow fishing for sure. Some I have not personally done before, but I know Dustin has done that a lot. I've always wanted to try that. Have you ever done that? Bow fishing? You know, I haven't. Uh, one of my closest buddies is the owner of Sea Light LEDs, and he that's how that company started. He was a huge bow fisherman, and he's always told me, hey, I'll take you anytime you want. And all my buddies that do it, they say it's just like the coolest thing ever, but I have not experienced it yet. I do plan to change that, as well as turkey hunting. I, I plan to to kill some turkeys this spring. So do you guys have pretty good turkey hunting up there? Um, North Dakota, not really, unless you're along that river valley with those those ridges and the trees there. But back home, I got some turkey land and pretty much hunting the same family group. And we do this. We, well, I wouldn't say we do the same method every year. We tried. You know what turkey reaping is? Yep. We have the fam. We've been trying that, and that's that's fun. These turkeys. I had two toms that chasing me at like probably ten yards away from me, <laughs> and I was self filming, and uh, I got a little nervous. And you could say I missed all three shots. So, <laughs> did you have the? But, is there a video of that one out there? No, no. I. When I are we going to see that one go up? I that was like twenty seventeen. <laughs> that's not going to be a video. <laughs> no, it's not happening, huh? I was not very happy that day. <laughs> Do you guys have any any big trips planned or anything um, big maybe for next fall that you've thought about or uh, somewhere that um, you want to go, something been, that you want to do? We've been talking about going to the West Coast, uh, like Oregon, Washington. Uh, but it's just the time where their season starts is like prime time here for us. Right. So it's kind of a pickle, but we did go to Texas this December to shoot cranes, like I said. 
cranes and lessers. So that, so that was fun. It was nice to experience something different. Who'd you guys hunt with down there? Long neck outfitters. Long neck. Okay. So Steven and Rob and. Yeah. Very good guys. Definitely. Definitely. Now, before I let you go, um, do you have any advice for others that may want to do the same thing that you guys are doing? Uh, the YouTube, social media, traveling around, grinding. Yeah. I mean, just stick with it. Uh, definitely meet new people while you're doing it. Collaborate with other. If you're trying to go on YouTube, you got to collaborate. Uh, it's a good way to get connections and meet new people. And you'll learn you'll, you'll learn something from them too, which is very important. Um, that's, uh, that's all I really got, man. Yeah. Collaboration and being dedicated to it. Don't give up. Keep posting. Stay on that algorithm and just keep your head up. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak so much from a YouTube standpoint, but just social media in general, uh, I would just encourage people to stay consistent with quality. Um, exactly. You know, you got to be consistent. You got to constantly put stuff out there. Try to mm-hmm. make yourself different. Try to be unique. Appeal to your audience in a way that other people can't. Um, be real, right. genuine. I think that goes a long ways. Something, yeah, exactly. Something that I've definitely learned this year is our first year up here in North Dakota, we were very picky in what we posted on YouTube. And I kind of got this motto, quantity over quality. So even if you shoot four birds, still make it a YouTube video because it's something that people can see and watch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's... Well, it's relatable. You know, every video every video is not going to be 134 birds in a blizzard. Like that's, you're not, you're not going to do that. And to only post the great hunts is almost doing a disservice to the grind that you're actually going through because you've got to go through the ups and downs to get through those hunts like that. And I tell people all the time that see us traveling, they see a lot of great hunts, a lot of good stuff, but Mm -hmm. we go through a lot of, poor hunts as well i mean that's just part of it i will never ever not admit that we take them on the chin all the time and if anybody says they're not then they're just flat out lying because you're still chasing a wild animal you can do everything to put the cards in your favor but sometimes they've got different plans so i think being relatable and putting videos out there like that can make you more valuable or more popular in the long run because people say okay this is real life stuff this isn't just a six minute highlight video of birds just getting pillowcased you know (laughs) yeah that stuff gets old after a while to me like if i just want to sit down real quick and watch something yeah it's cool but if you want to make somebody feel like they're there and feel like a part of your group and what you're Mm -hmm. doing and going through it with you, you've got to be relatable. I mean, I just, I'm no, uh, I'm no expert, but I think I've got a pretty good idea what, what people want to see. And there's definitely a time and a place for the cinematic highlight films, but you, you don't have to look very far to look around and see who's the most successful and what formula that they're using. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you look at Bobby guy, He's kind of one of our biggest mentors, and we look up to him a lot. And like you said, I mean, 
he's he's got the dedication that's kind of what everyone wants but it's not easy it's not easy at all definitely no it's not well colin i um i want to thank you guys a ton um you know smack them outdoors your support of dive bomb industries and thank you personally for taking your uh your time to join me today i i wish you guys nothing but you know continued success and we look forward to seeing you grow. Make sure you tell, um, make sure you tell all the guys I said hello, and um, you know maybe we'll talk soon about hopefully getting something set up with you guys for this fall. Come out and see, see if we can't hit that. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on you. I was going to say hit that repeat button, but that's that's just not realistic. But how about we just come up there and have a you know have a good time, give her hell, and see what happens. How about that? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Appreciate you getting on the call with me. Hopefully we can meet up again next year. Who knows? Maybe you're you're the lucky charm. We'll see. You never know. I don't know, man. You pull that camera out. Crazy stuff happens sometimes. You put that thing away, and then you know things start working the way you want. It's kind of weird. I don't want to. I don't want to say I believe in that too much, but it does. <laughs> it really does. It feels like that sometimes. It's like, dude, leave the camera in the truck. We're guaranteed to have a banger. Bring the camera out. We're probably not going to fire a shot. It's that's very relatable. <laughs> Well, Colin, thank you again. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep, I appreciate it. Have okay, thanks, man. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, there it is. Colin Clary, Smack Em Outdoors. Uh, there's some great guys. You know, I know I said it a thousand times how awesome that hunt was, but it really was. It was an incredible waterfowl hunt. You know, I'm just very grateful that uh, those guys invited us and we got to witness that. Simply amazing. Thank you all for your continued support. Uh, we're rolling right along. Spring is coming. Things are going to start slowing down, but uh, we're going to keep after them, keep after these white birds, hopefully put a little dent in them. In the meantime, please make sure you guys are following along on all of our social media platforms. YouTube, we're constantly releasing new videos. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. Y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.